0: Happy Tuesday, everybody. Uh, it is May 7th, today we are on Romans 5. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so I said it that way. Michael's been uh, stressing a little bit, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, this, I, I admit, this is a, um, a challenging chapter for me, and it's funny because <laughs> what I've learned is when you go to school for things, and I went to school for theology, so like... This is theology. Mm-hmm. And I've learned guys, don't go to school because the more you learn the less you know. <laughs> and and this this chapter sends me in like a whirlwind of like just craziness. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in it and it's a lot of complicated things and a lot of people believe different things about this chapter. So because of that, you know, and we have a diverse audience. So it's tough to say, well this is what it is. Because there's so many different beliefs about this chapter. So, this should be yeah. interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm interested too, because listening to it and my prep for it, I just kept thinking, what is Michael so nervous about? <laughs> because to me, it seemed very simple. And when we get, after we listen to it, I'll give my quick like what I heard from sure. it, before we go into your detailed uh, look into it. <laughs> because I didn't catch, uh, I know uh, that it, it's just a couple words in there, right? That kind yes. of are minutiae that are really throwing yeah, the, the, you, that the really cause debate. Spoiler, debates spoiler alert, like there,
1: there are two words, and we'll get into it. Uh, many and all, yeah. those two words make my mind explode. Yeah, And also, wrath makes my mind explode. Yeah, um, and, and there are things that are, that are said in Greek that aren't... Well, there are things that we add in English that aren't in the original transcripts in Greek. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we say of God for things that you could assume that, but it's not actually in the original script. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting thing. Um, Yeah, so there's stuff, guys. There's there's interesting (laughs) stuff here.
0: You know what assuming does. I I do. (laughs) I would not say that on this podcast, but I absolutely know. Yeah. It makes something out of you and me. It does. Um, So anyway, um, so guys, uh, we'll get into it pretty quickly here today, but um, this is our first venture back into Romans, this time around the New Testament. Yeah. So do one of you guys want to give
1: a setup and some context of Romans? Pick me, pick me, (laughs) pick me. Now look, look, this is important because some of the confusion that can happen in Romans 5 is because we don't look at the fact that this is part of a letter i think this is one this is paul's masterpiece in my opinion mm-hmm. um, other letters he talks about how to be you know how to live and how to run a church and and he, and he digs into some questions that are asked of him this is his like gospel masterpiece this is paul's gospel mm-hmm. and so w- chapter 5 right is right smack dab in the middle of of a point that he's making and we have to see what where he's coming from so in chapter 1 he talks about sin Right. He talks really about the Gentile sin, about how they worship idols and things of that nature. And, but then he goes on uh, and, and he starts talking about how, well, it's not just Gentiles that are sinners. You Jews are sinners too. Mm-hmm. He talks about how they judge the Gentiles. and He talks about other things. And so once we get to chapter 3, um, we, we recognize that everybody... Is guilty. Everybody's a sinner. Mm-hmm. We're all sin. We've all, you know, fallen short of the glory of God. And, and those, so then he starts getting into this idea of justification. He explains justification, um, and, and, he, and he talks about how they're justified through faith, and faith is a big deal. Um, he's talking about the faith of Abraham uh, and, and faith of others. So the, the idea is um, we are saved through faith, and that's where we that's where we leave off in chapter four. So when we get to chapter 4 that's so we're here in chapter 5 it starts off with the verse with therefore. So like you can't get into chapter 5 without understanding that the topic as we as we hit chapter 5 is faith, mm-hmm. being justified by faith. So that's where we are. The last thing I'll say is just a step after. An interesting thing to note is the next chapter it kind of gives a what now. And the reason why I mentioned that is Paul is <laughs> leading up to chapter 5 He's building an argument that he presents in Chapter Five, so how we figure out chapter Five is 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 super important. I really think Chapter Five is kind of his point mm-hmm. so it like you know it rises, it hits this climax and it falls mm-hmm. um i think I think Chapter Five is at least one of the big climaxes in Romans, okay. so that's that's where we are all right
0: um in this chapter two, uh correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost it felt like he's using less, like, plain folk language in yeah. this one. It was almost like, yes. not Shakespearean, but almost to where I had to pay attention a lot to mm-hmm. really get what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Is it known for that? Well, one of the things that um, Romans was
2: used for... Um, it was used, I guess, in I think it was in Harvard Law School or something like that, and they studied the Book of Romans to develop arguments and to plead cases and to um, and to kind of convey truth. So it is lawyer speak. Like so yeah, a so contract. so he is. <laughs> so yeah, so that's where the like either it sounds confusing or it sounds like he's he's going from one destination to the next or he's circling back around and you're trying to figure out okay what is happening here. Yeah. a lot of it is because he's laying out a well thought out and well put. Uh, argument or uh, I guess stance for the gospel mm-hmm. and that's why yeah that's why this is a is a such a pivotal book for us but it'd also be a challenging book to understand okay and like um, Michael was talking about it is uh, he's he's building there's there's this Gentile whole Jewish challenge that's happening especially in the Roman Church because Claudius expelled all of the Rome or the he, Jewish people. Yes. And then in Rome, and so the Roman church didn't have any Jewish influence, and then all of a sudden now the Jews are coming back, and they're like, whoa, this is like not the church that we left. Like, what happened? Mm-hmm. You guys aren't doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. And so there's this this break that's happening. There's this mm-hmm. disunity that's happening within the Roman church. And Paul is saying, hey, this is all—we all have the same problem. We are all saved in the same method, and now we are all— uh, justified meaning made right before God uh, by the faith that we have in Jesus and what he has done for us and so that means that we are now uh, we're righteous we're part of a new family and we have a transformation life that kind of takes place because of what Jesus has done and he gets towards that towards the end he starts talking about what a transformed life looks like and so we're in the middle of him kind of put laying out this kind of um, this case. Mm-hmm. And of of why we are justified, why we're righteous, and and what was the what was the problem before, and now what is the solution through Jesus? And so this is he's breaking down a lot of the barriers that are, that are happening, and, and there's so much conflict going on within the Roman uh, Christian church that's mm-hmm. happening, and so so that's why I think this is such a pivotal. Uh, letter for us because it just lays it lays all it lays why we believe it lays mm-hmm. like what we believe and why we believe and so in such a in such a uh, matter-of-fact way but also in a very intentional way like he's building a case mm-hmm. and so that's why it, it may sound confusing or it may feel like he's kind of he he's got like different motives like he's like he's bouncing from one thing to the next yeah
0: yeah okay all right well there's the setup guys this is romans five for your chapter of the day from the dwell app
3: More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Jesus Christ therefore as one trespass led to condemnation for all men so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men for as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous now the law came in to increase the trespass But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord.
0: So that's Romans 5, Um, and we usually get into observations and all that kind of stuff, but I think we're not probably going to go quite that route today. I mean, we are, but we're not. So, I'll just because of the conversation that we had before, I'll give you simply like my take on it. Yeah. Because mine will be pretty short. Um, Because I'm not. And just so you guys know, I mean, I know you know already, but Michael's been to school a lot for this stuff, so he's gone deep in a lot of this stuff, and and um, he notices the smaller things about it. And for me, I just I'm listening for the general idea, basically, you know. So I didn't even notice that there was a difference in anything that has made you so nervous, because you kept saying I'm kind of nervous about today, you know, and I'm like,
2: <laughs> like why? Why? <laughs> why is he nervous about
0: this? Because for me, listening to it, first of all, it sounded like a contract. I've read many contracts in my life, many thick contracts that are very confusing, and I was like, wow, this feels like I'm reading my contract for, you know, whatever, and um, (laughs) so I was like, okay, so I need to pay attention a little bit more and listen to more of what he's saying, And, and in the end of it, I felt like he said the same thing over and over like three or four or five times, so... Once again, I'm going, like, why is Michael nervous? He told us something, and then he's just driving it home again and again and again. <laughs> so what I heard was basically this. Adam sinned and brought sin into the world and brought up that on all of us. And because of sin, there was death, and people died, and things happened. And then Jesus came. So there was death and, and condemnation until Jesus came. Yes. And then Jesus came, and he undid that. Yes. Yes. And from his undoing that and his act of obedience to God, now we all have grace and the ability to be saved. And there will be many more who come after Jesus that have the ability to be saved than the amount of people that died and had the condemnation from Adam to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it just felt to me like he said that over and over again multiple times. So that was my general take on it. So you can maybe get why I was like, well, why look, is he so nervous about this? That's pretty simple. <laughs> so well, you I just want up.
1: to say thanks, guys. Uh, love each other. And uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Brent's got it. And uh, weather's we'll just see great next outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, okay. It's so, spring. <laughs> so the, the, the trouble this, this, this chapter and other chapters like it have caused a, 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 a splits in Christianity. This is this is one. Of, this chapter is one of the reasons why we have different denominations. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds like it's over and over again, and it, and it is the small detail. Yeah. So the reason that this is a problem is verse 18. So I know this is at the end of the chapter, but let's just go ahead and knock this out so we can get to other good stuff. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. Now... The direct response from Calvinists, Baptists, would say, yeah, Mike, I know it says all men there, but how many times did it say the word many? Well, the trouble I have, the way this works is, let's say I have a package of M&M's. And I share my package of M&M's with you guys. And a matter of fact, I don't take any of them. I give you many M&M's and I give... I, by you, I'm, I, this is one of those podcasts and I'm pointing <laughs> yeah, these yeah, brands. Yeah. When we do our I Facebook give, Live yeah. eventually, this <laughs> will help. So, <laughs> so I'm giving, I give Brent half of the M&M's and I give Daniel half of the M&M's and I give you guys many M&M's, mm-hmm. right? So that is many, but if I give Daniel all the M&M's, I still have given him... Many M and M's, but I cannot give him many M and M's and give you many M and M's. But tell Daniel that I gave him all. Mm-hmm. Many, so so one's a part of the other. Mm-hmm. So when we see many, 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 yes, then when he says this, he's, he's building his point. Mm-hmm. Many, 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 and then he says all, and we should be like, whoa, what. And so the reason why I struggled with this is because I come from a Baptist world. Mm-hmm. Baptists are Calvinists, and I'm not trying to put anyone down who is this. So, let me, so what I'd like to do is explain how different people take this all versus many thing. What I mean by all versus many, we're talking about justification. We're talking about salvation, about how this works. So this is how, how different people believe in salvation. So it's fun because they have acronyms. And being a military guy, I love acronyms, right? <laughs> so, like, so Calvinists, they have this thing called TULIP. They have total deprav- depravity, which means we're all lost in our sin, right? And then they have you, uh, unconditional election. This is where we have this predestination idea, this idea that Jesus chose you to be saved. Now, this is important for Calvinistic theology because you get this double predestination. He chose you to go to heaven. But he did choose other people to go to hell, because because God has his sovereign will, and that's what he decided that's the way that it is, unconditional election. Then they have limited atonement that kind of moves from unconditional election. So, since only some people have been chosen, those are the people that Jesus died for. It's, the atonement is limited. So that's where they would say, no, 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 it's many, not all. Jesus didn't die for all. He died for the many that we see here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then there's irresistible grace. If God chose you, then you then you will receive it. You will choose him. It, it's, it's, it's though it's a free will choice, it kind of isn't because Jesus chose you. And then they get to predestination of the per, presa, sorry preservation of the saints. Mm-hmm. I know this is getting complicated, guys. Bear with me. We're gonna we're gonna it's gonna be okay. Preservation of the saints is this idea that once you're saved, you're always saved. And the reason why they believe that is God chose you. You didn't choose God. So that's Calvinism. So the point there, what I want you to hear with all of that mess, is that Calvinists believe that this passage is talking about the justification of the many, not the justification of all. Now you get to Armenians. Which that's like Nazarenes, some Lutherans and Catholics kind of have that kind of thought, Methodists, so some people that are in our congregation, some of you that are listening, so this is why this is fun because this is a disagreement with people that are listening mm-hmm. and so this is why I, I want to let Daniel choose and I, when, when we get done
0: <laughs> with this, I want to give you my take on it, and you tell me which one I fall under
1: cool and, and <laughs> to be honest, most of us take some of this and so not all okay. you know, but so then there's daisy this is this is the acronym for <laughs> Lots of flowers, <laughs> <laughs> tulip and daisy. Oh yeah. So they they have deliberate sin, which is very similar to total depravity. We've chosen sin, but they don't believe that we're born sinful. It's just that that our, that we have chosen it. So I think that kind of goes against what we're seeing here about what Adam. You know yep. that we're. But we'll get there, right? All encompassing call. That means that this thing is available for everybody. That means that Jesus didn't elect you. You get to choose. You have free will. I, infinite love, that that God desires for everyone, not just for some of us to be saved. That's God's desire, infinite love, spontaneous faith. Again, free will. This This is hammering this home that you choose God. It's not that just God just chose you. Um, and then they say yieldedness of sin because I think that makes it easy to put a Y at the end of this thing to make Daisy. <laughs>
2: yieldedness. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just days.
1: <laughs> but, th- but this is what they mean by yieldedness is that, is that though you're saved, they believe you can lose your salvation. And here's the core idea, that you can lose your salvation because you chose God. So if God chooses you, you're safe. But if you choose God, you could unchoose God because they believe in free will. So they Mm -hmm. don't believe that once you're saved, you're always saved. So the key thing here, again, through all the mess, the key thing here is they would say that Jesus died for all, that all are justified in Christ. However, we have a choice to make. So the Cliff Notes version of all that is, is Calvinists, Baptists, they believe that Jesus chose you and that he died for the many, the limited, the, those that he chose to die for. Mm-hmm. Armenians believe that, that Jesus died for all, that all are justified, all are atoned. However, there's a choice that we have to make to accept that. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other things that I'm not going to go there because it gets even more confusing. Um, so that's, that's the weird, crazy teaching stuff. Now I want to hear from Daniel because this is interesting. So, you have this this Baptist kind of thing. You have this uh, Methodist Nazarene, whatever you know, Armenian kind of thing. And I'm and I'm not saying that you have to choose between one of the two because I, I have a feeling that we all have a mixture of these ideas. But what do you think about? Is it the many or is it the all?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, what I got kind of gather from this is that. Like you said, you can't take this chapter in isolation. And so we've been, Paul has been building up this whole thing. And that Abraham was chosen by, uh, by God to receive promises and that God was going to make a great nation through him. It says later on in, in, in his life that Abraham's faith was uh, was just, he was justified by his faith. Like he believed in the promise of God. Like so he believed in what God was going to said about him, what God was going to accomplish in him, even though it didn't seem like it was gonna make sense at all. Yeah. And so that's why um and so Paul is laying out this whole we're justified, the justified word means just that we're made right, that we're made right with God, that we have the right standing with God. And um and many people want to think say that's through the Torah or through the law. That's how the that's how the Jews believe that they were justified through the Torah. But Paul was saying that from the beginning we've been justified through faith, right? We've been, and so, um, and so what I see in this is that the work of Jesus came to accomplish and undo everything, like Brent was saying that Adam has has done. Uh, however, God, if you look at His character and His nature, you even see it so perfectly. I feel like when Jesus portrayed the prodigal son, right, is that that when the prodigal son chose sin. That the father gave him the ability to choose that, and then when the when the prodigal son decided to return, the father totally received him, sure. right? Yeah. And so you kind of have this uh, this free will kind of sovereignty of God kind of meshing together. Yes. And yes. so, and I think it's hard too because we'll we'll see we see time as very like. Um, is something that we're very much confined to. Like when we say, if God chose us from the foundations of the world, then he already knows who's going to be saved. So this means that everybody's chosen means everybody that has rejected him or will reject him, he's not chosen. Right. And the, and the, the challenge is that he, he's infinite. God's already infinite. So God's already the beginning and the end. So God has, has put it out there, but he already knows whether I'm going to receive it before he created the world. He so already I think, is there knew. like
1: a difference between knowing and, and deciding for someone? You know? Yeah, I, I, I. So that that's where
2: I think that, that I think that is the difference. Because if you decide for someone, that's not love. That's you know that's forced love. That's that's slavery basically. You're saying you're mine. I'm deciding for you. You don't have a choice. You don't have an option in this at all. And so what God I think what God has did is that God made Himself completely vulnerable and did everything that he could to reconcile us to us, but he still gave us the opportunity to choose knowing those, there would be people that would say yes. And there's people that would say no, there's people that would reject him and there's people that would say yes to him. And so that's where I think that, because whenever I see like, okay, you're standing on a belief, like you say like, okay, if God already knows everybody who's, who's being saved, there's already the limited many. I always say, okay, what is the result of that belief? and in, in my my impression and what i've experienced is that if you believe that then there is an apathy when it comes to the people that are that are condemned or that are dying or that don't have don't know jesus because god's going to already save those that he's going to save what do I need to do about it? I don't need to do anything about it because God's already predestined that and I don't have to worry about that. And to me, that mentality is so dangerous because God is giving us the opportunity to participate in his kingdom and to show that we are changed by Jesus and to pass that along to other people. But if we say that there is this limited sandbox and that God's going to already do all of the work, we don't really need to do anything. And that to me is just, is so contrary to what Jesus stood for but it also kind of creates this us versus them mentality that was the problem that was going on in yes. the Roman Church between the divisions between the Jews and the Gentiles and so uh that to me is really really dangerous now then you have the the dangerous side of okay well it's all then you know every path all these paths lead to God it doesn't matter which one you choose you know and that's the one
1: I was that I was leaving out the, that the I universalists and and let me explain real quick that there are there are Universalists ultra universalists and unitarian universalists ultra universalists is the only one I'll mention right now because they would take this and say well all means all so jesus justified all and that's the end of the story and and the problem that i have with that is it ignores the previous four chapters that we talked about yeah. that we just we just went through chapter 4 which is talking about placing your faith in christ like, well, how does, why would Paul talk about how we, you know, in the first chapters how we're all sinful and how, and how we are depraved. Why why would he talk about that? And then talk about like the solution of faith and then come here and say kind of how faith works, why faith works. Faith works because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Why would he talk about that if, if, if his whole point was Jesus saved us all? So that that's, and another thing that you mentioned, I, I wanted to interrupt because I was like right there, <laughs> this is it, um, <laughs> We've said on this podcast before, uh, kind of goofy, but I mean, I, I still mean it, that Jesus is a gentleman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, we're not, he's not going to just say, you're coming with me no matter what.
2: Yeah, it's not a caveman mentality. Like, he doesn't beat us over the head and then drag us yes. by our hair or something. I, I like mean, that, you know?
1: call me a heretic, but I believe, in, I believe in free will. I believe that we get to choose God. I don't believe God makes us choose him. Mm-hmm. And I know some people do believe that, but I just, I think that we get to choose God. That's the problem I have with ultra universalism is that they don't believe that we have a choice. Mm-hmm. You're going to be with God no matter what, and it is what it is. And, and, the, and that, I have a lot of friends that are involved in, in ultra universalism and they look at chapter five and that is their bread and butter. That's the reason why I was nervous because I was looking at that and, and they, you can make a case for it, especially if you look at this chapter in isolation. You could be like, Yeah, Jesus justified everybody. Boom, the end. But if you look at the rest of the book and the rest of the Bible, I think it paints a different
2: story. Well, and I'll just go back to cause the foundation of what Paul is saying is Genesis fifteen. And this is when Abraham when literally God says that he counted Abraham righteous because of his faith. And so Abraham is having this is this 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 moment of disbelief with God. He's saying, I'm going to, I'm going to let my servant, Eleazar, inherit everything that I have, all of my wealth, because I don't have a descendant, you know, and he's my servant, but I'm going to let him inherit everything. And then, uh, God gives him, and he says, I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to give you an heir. Right? And then, you know, he, and then he said, all right, this is what's going to happen. And so it said that, that Abraham believed the God, believed, God, believed, believed the promise of God, and, and it was counted to him as righteousness. You know, what's interesting is that there was then a ceremony that took place that is totally contrary to every ceremony that happened this type of style. It's called the, the ceremony of the halves, where they have a bunch of animals, like cut them in half, and they create a river of blood. And what happens is that river of blood is what seals the agreement. So there, there's like agreement that's taking place here between God and Abraham that got that there's going to be a descendants. And so, but how it works is that, and it's really weird, is they would yeah. lock arms and they would kind of skip through like The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> like we're <laughs> off to see the wizard, but through instead of the Yellow Brick Road, it's a river the of blood. blood. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and so what happens is blood splashes, and when blood splashes, it signifies it says, "Hey, if you do not hold up your end of the contract." Your blood is going to be paid for this. This is going to be a payment in blood. And so God tells Abraham, it's time to make our agreement, right? And so Abraham halves all these animals. I love the end of the story. There's this pool of blood, and then Abraham falls asleep. He goes into a deep sleep, and you're like, whoa, wait a second. And what happens is the Spirit of God goes through the puddle of blood, signifying that he was going to do everything to make sure that this was right, and it was all on him. It was not on Abraham. It was all on him, that he was going to make it right. And then he said, "If and if it wasn't going to be right, he was going to pay for it with his blood, hmm. which is exactly what happened. Spoiler alert, with, Jesus. Yeah, it was exactly <laughs> what happened with Jesus. And so I think that when we say, it's it's about choice. It's absolutely about choice. But what it is is God has made himself. He is he has done everything. He has walked through the agreement and said, "I will make sure that everything happens to justify you and make you righteous. I will I will pay the penalty of your sin with my blood and do all of this. You just need to receive me. You just need to receive this gift. It is not on you to 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 earn your way through this. And so, and I think that that's, that's so important when we see that we're, we're justified through faith. And so when we jump ahead to what Paul is saying here is that Jesus did everything. Mm -hmm. Paul is laying this out very clearly that we didn't have hope in the world at all, but Abraham was righteous because of his faith, but his faith was in the promises of God and God came through in every single one of his promises. Mm -hmm. Now his promises are all fulfilled In Jesus, all his promises in Jesus are yes and amen. You've heard that song, that's actually a scripture reference. Mm. Uh, and so Jesus fulfilled all of those promises, and so he did everything to make it possible for us to be justified before God and righteous before God. But it's on us now to join the family, you know, because God made a new family, just like Adam brought one sin, and because of that, there's like a I think of it like a Christmas tree, like Adam's the star in the Christmas tree. Well, probably the broken star and then everything (laughs) beyond that is just brokenness that happens overcoming that it's like oh it's like christmas lights oh it's perfect you know he is the first light that you pull out and every light after that is totally messed up right Mm. and then you have jesus coming in and he plugs himself in and now all the other lights beyond behind jesus light up nice Mm -hmm. you know and so so jesus is 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 making a new family on his merit and on his justification. You guys
1: should be here and see all of our hand
2: movements. Oh, today. I mean, it's going. On, I, I got all kinds of stuff going on, uh, and I so can feel the wind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Whoosh. But um, but anyway, so so that's where I think that there is. I mean, we're just. We're losing the forest over the trees when we get stuck on all or many or different things like that. What happened is, is that God did everything so that we could be reconciled to him through Jesus. And that free gift was not free from Jesus' perspective, but now it's free because he's made it available and free to us, is on us to respond. And then it's like, welcome to the family.
1: So So let me put this together. This is the good part. We've got to the hard part. Now let's get to the good part. Believe it or not, these Armenians, the the the, the, the Daisy and the Calvinists, the Baptist, the the Tulip, um, and e- and even Universalists, all believe something. They might be- they all might believe that it means something different, but they all believe something. This thing that we call salvation. So you know a, a um, an Armenian may believe that you can lose it, but they still believe in salvation. Mm-hmm. You know a, a a Baptist, a Calvinist. May believe that it's the preservation of state of the saints and they may believe that it's limited, yada yada, yada, but they believe in salvation. And even universalists believe that you go through Jesus for salvation. So so let's let's make something clear. To be saved, you can you believe and you receive. You believe and you receive. To believe I know we said it before in this podcast, but I think it's a good reminder especially those of you that that, that are saved, that we need to know how to tell this to other people. So let's let's practice this for a moment. Mm -hmm. Believe, receive. What do we believe? We believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, that he lived this perfect life, and that he claimed something amazing. He claimed that he was God. And so because of that claim, they called that blasphemy, and they decided that they were going to kill him for it, and they did. And so for us, he was beaten, and he was crucified, and he was killed. He was executed. Okay? But... The thing is, that's not the end of the story, of course. He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. And the reason why that's important is that proves his claim that he is God. Jesus has every authority to forgive you of sin, mm-hmm. regardless of how you look at Romans 5. Yep. If you believe that that it has nothing to do with you, Jesus, it's still because of Jesus. If you believe that you have to choose it, it's because of Jesus. If you believe you know that, that God chose you, it's still because of Jesus, however you take it. But there's something that we need to do to receive it. And that's, and that's talk to God about it. The way that we talk to God about it is, is we pray. And, and we pray basically repeating that we believe these things. Mm-hmm. And we ask Jesus to forgive us of our sin and to come into our life and change us so we can repent, we can turn from who we were and become something different, become a new person, mm-hmm. right? If we receive that through prayer, we receive this forgiveness, we receive this atonement by simply talking to God about it, we can be saved. Yes, we can disagree on what saved means. But doggone it, let's believe this and receive this and have the life that Jesus wants for us, both here and later. Now, I think the the one thing that always
2: challenge that I, I I struggle with with little discrepancies is because once there's a discrepancy or there's a place where you want to believe a certain thing then you will live out of that belief yeah what you believe Absolutely. you will live out of that belief and and so Romans 5 is a part of what Paul is sharing here. And I think what's really awesome is in seven days from now, we have our next podcast, and that's Romans 12. And Romans 12 (laughs) is when Paul says, this is what you do now because of this. Mm -hmm. Because of everything that Jesus has done for you, this is how you live, yes. and, it, and that's a really important thing because if we have some sort of breakdown here, if we deviate from what Paul is saying here and head a different direction, then what we live is going to be very different. So if we if we look at Romans twelve and beyond, and we think I don't really live like that, then we need to start going backwards and saying, okay, where is the deviation? Where is where I'm where where is where I'm kind of missing the boat here, mm-hmm. and then come back and say, all right, am, am I am I am I understanding this correctly am i living based on these truths Mm -hmm. uh and so and that's where uh you can kind of take like confirmation bias right and you can say okay i this is the way i like to live so i'm going to believe this way you know this, and so I'm going to manufacture beliefs based on this is the way I want to live. And so Paul, like we really have to pay attention to the whole book of Romans. You can't just stop in one chapter and then build your belief. Read the whole thing and then understand. Okay, this is how we live, and this is where I take you know my direction, and this is where I take my directives from Jesus, because Jesus says that that you are my disciples, not by all of these things. You're my disciples, or people will know that you're my disciples by how you love and how you treat other people mm-hmm. and so there's a there's
1: evidence of all of these things and even when you read romans be careful because when you talk about con- i'm glad you talked about confirmation bias because you can build any of these theologies that we talked about just on this book yeah so just put that away for a moment when you read just put your put your biases Put your beliefs away and just try to get into what Paul is saying. Mm-hmm. Like we like we said, look at the what Daniel talked about, look at what's happening. We have this this separation of the Jews, and they come back and the, and there's this issue of, of Gentile Christianity and Jewish Christianity and which has had been a problem throughout Paul's life. He's always talking about that. You know, so just take a look at what's going on and what he's addressing and how he's laying out this gospel. This is not, though it's the first letter of Paul that we see in the New Testament, it's not his first letter. This is one of his last letters. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a masterpiece of Paul. Read it, put your bias away, and try to let God speak to you through this.
0: Yeah, it, it blows my mind that different denominations are started off of a couple of words and mm. what they think from that, Absolutely. and and the fact that it's been translated through the ages to where there are words in there that might not have been there in there in the first place, but because of different ways, like you said, in English compared to Greek, we have to assume something and we put it a certain
1: way. The ESV did a good job though, Brent. Yeah, uh, I was looking at this. I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, but like I was going to tackle something that like talked about the wrath of God. And of God isn't in the original thing, and then the ESV didn't do that. So I was like, "All right, good job, ESV." <laughs> yeah, sorry, so, Brent. So I like I'll I'll tell you what I saw
0: in this because that's what you're talking about is twelve through, um, fifteen, right? Basically. Well, and with eight, with and the eight, all and 18, many,
1: well, eighteen through like twenty as well. Okay. It all it all it's a lot of yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: because in in twelve through fifteen. What I see is, um, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, I see that as that is what was before and after Jesus. Yeah. Everyone sins, and we all suffer the consequence of death through sin. Right. So, And then I see the um, many—where is that at here? All over the place. <laughs> uh, so, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God. So I see the many as a ton of people died before Jesus came. Yes. And then after that, people died. 100% actually. Yeah. But many. <laughs> many people died, but not, it's not all people in the history of the world. Yeah. So I see that as from Adam, sin continues to this day and will until the end of time. But when Jesus came, many had died before Him without the gift of grace, and now all that come after have that opportunity. Mm. That's the simplicity of how I saw it. So when you were saying that there was a big deal, I was like, what, what's the
1: big deal? Well, I, I think you get it. <laughs> Just like you said at the top of the podcast, Brent, I think you get it. I think that's it. And, uh, and, and that's, where my, that's why I'm nervous, because I know a lot of people would, would say, no, yeah. Jesus died for the many. He didn't die for the all. That's why I get nervous because a lot of our listeners, a lot of the people that go to this church, would say, "No, Michael, you're wrong. Jesus died for the many; he didn't die for the all." And I think Paul's saying that he died for the all. Yeah, it's just that we have a choice to choose. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm sorry for the theology. No, no. no. Lesson, and, guys. But one thing, <laughs>
0: one thing that we do focus on this, and I'm happy that we focus on this on this podcast is, is less minutiae, more big picture. Yeah. And, and And I think that if people are living out of big picture, I think that's that's where the gold is, you know mm-hmm. um so anyway, i mean i think it's I think it's important to have the conversation about the minutiae um to give if nothing else, an understanding of why why there are different yeah. Um, sects of christianity and mm-hmm. why some believe things and others yeah yeah we like yeah, to but, here
1: we like to bring it back and give you the big picture like okay we we, we talked about the little stuff yeah but let's remember it's the mm-hmm. big stuff that matters yeah,
2: yeah absolutely and i think it's really important for us to understand you know why we're justified why yeah you know what hope do we have you know what if there if if humanity is is hopeless and paul Paul very much lays that out, that humanity is just very hopeless, mm-hmm. uh, that we have, you know, exchanged the truth about God for a lie and started worshiping the wrong things. And so, like, depravity just reigns. And we see that. We know that it reigns, right? And so, and I think that there can be areas in our lives where we really struggle with this notion of, like, man, I'm still wrestling with things. Like, how am I still, like, saved? How am I, like, justified? How am I still? And, then, and that's where... Um, you have to take the promises of God, mm-hmm. just like Abraham, and say, yes, all right, I'm, you're going to do it, God, I trust you, yes, and God is the one that, he paved the way, made it absolutely possible for us, and so because of that, now we live in response, you know, we live in, we live in response to that, we don't have to, you know, worry about the fact that, that we might not be justified before God, Right because Jesus has justified us, you know, and that's where, I mean, we're going to get into Rome. You're going to get into Romans eight this week. Romans eight is awesome. Oh yeah. Awesome. Love Romans eight. And so, and so you're going to, you're going to see Paul continue to, he's building off of this foundation of our hopelessness, but then our absolute certain hope that we have in Jesus. And then understanding that the rest of the world needs this. They need hope. They need something they need, they need Jesus, you know? And, and so then living in, living in a way that we know that our hope is, cause I think it's really cool. Like at the very beginning, we didn't even talk about this as a chapter. It talks about how we can still rejoice in suffering, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, because, because of Jesus, we have a, sh- we, we, our perspective shifts absolutely about everything and it shifts about suffering. And mm-hmm. um, I was actually having a conversation with a guy this morning and just talking about how, um, you know, we're, my family and I, we're going through a challenging time. And so, uh, we, but we still hope, we hope that whatever we're facing, it doesn't matter, you know, because we hope in Jesus and we hope in, in his character and we hope in what he's done for us and what God is doing on our behalf. And so even if this present situation looks bad, it doesn't matter because god can bring his glory into any moment and into any situation and and so and it, and it's evident that he poured his love out and he showed it to abraham when he said i would do everything to make sure that i'm going to keep this promise and he's always been continually doing that and showing that his character to humanity by his great love and he demonstrated that through jesus and so because of that if his promises if these are his promises we can hope Mm-hmm. We can always hope. Yeah, you know, and we can trust in that character and that nature of God because of what He was willing to do on our behalf.
0: Yeah, and because of your faith in who He is, and that He is who He said He is, and His promises are true. That's the trump card that takes care of everything else. Oh
2: yeah. Oh, absolutely. You can start another
0: hope. Yeah. <laughs> and that, <laughs> yeah. and it's like and hope it's, and faith. It,
2: yeah, exactly. It says it says that hope does not put us to shame. Yeah. You know, it will. We will. We will not be like. You know that
1: that hope is it's almost like it's imperishable yeah and these aren't shallow words. Paul at this point <laughs> you want to talk about a guy that' does living hope in that and that had joy and suffering Paul was that dude mm-hmm. so these are these are real words that are backed by experience yeah and he had a lot of suffering to learn how to
0: have joy in that yeah so it comes out of a real place <laughs> yes a deep place and a lot of experience with seeing. The promises of God fulfilled in His life when it looked like there was no
1: way that was going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that that's the last thing I tell y'all is that, yeah, we can talk about theology, we can get into all versus many, but recognize that salvation is available for you, and that we have hope. Absolutely, I think I think at the end of the day, that's the takeaway from this: the salvation is available to you, and we have hope in Jesus.
0: Yeah, well, let's close on that. I'll pray, um, Father. I just thank you. I thank you for this time. I thank you for my brothers here. I thank you for your word. Um, and for the conversations that you lead us into, um, I would ask that you give us the hope and the faith of Paul. And even for any of us listening, any of us in this room, even if it takes, um, the, the suffering that he went through and the trials that he went through, uh, to receive that hope and to receive that joy and to understand truly what that is and to walk in that way. Um, I know it sounds bad to ask probably to somebody who doesn't know, but if that's what it takes and that's what your priority is, is to, is to walk in that faith, God. We ask you to bring that. We ask that you bring it to us without that, but if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. And we trust in you, God, and we have faith in you, and we just ask you to deepen that every day. Continue to show us that your promises are true, to con- continue to, to remind us that you love us as much as you do and that you are who you say you are and that we can take hope and faith in that, God, in your love, in your hope. So God, um, we just ask you to continue to bless everyone listening to this podcast, ask you to be with them, continue to move in their lives, continue to move through us and in us uh, to grow who we are with you, um, but also to continue to speak through us and have this podcast be a tool that that is helping people come to know you and become family members in your kingdom, God. So Lord, once again, we thank you we trust in you, and we love you. And in your name we pray and say amen.
2: Amen. Amen.
0: Guys, that wraps up yet another episode of the Weekly Unpacked Podcast. By the way, the weather's beautiful outside. It's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Let's go all hang out. Love on people. So um, <laughs> once again, just want to uh, remind you that we are working towards... Um, Uh, moving into a Facebook live format while we do this as well. So please be on the lookout for that. It's going to take probably at least another month before we can get there. Um, We are now through the Easter season and through a lot of busyness. So uh, we're going to try to get this room that we're in our studio
1: remodeled (laughs) and make it presentable for camera. I got to remodel me. I got to lose weight
3: for him on camera. (laughs) I know. Seriously.
2: The the hand motions will now finally be understood. right? They'll be like,
0: (laughs) wow, they move their hands a lot. Absolutely. And that was a real high five. <laughs> yes. um, so anyway, we are moving towards that. Just wanted to touch on that again because I know that we talked about it like six weeks ago and never really again very much. So we are moving there. So um, be on the lookout for that. We'll be making announcements when we get to that point. So uh, thank you for your faithfulness to this show, to the conversations that we have. Um, and for those of you who are listening every week, uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, we want to get uh, a little bit more of an interactive platform as well, where if you're listening to this or watching Facebook Live, you can kind of, you know, send a message into us and be a part of the conversation if you're confused about anything or whatever and help direct the conversation so it's more effective for you guys to be understanding where we're going. So, anyway, that all said. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being faithful to this yeah. podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you more importantly to being faithful to wanting to understand the Word of God and for us fools in this room to be used as tools <laughs> for that. Yeah. We're fools and tools. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. You like t shirts. <laughs> <laughs> like a banner behind us or Facebook Live. We're fools with tools. <laughs>
1: Hashtag fools and tools. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Weekly Impact Podcast. Yeah. We are fools and tools. Um, so, anyway, guys. Um, I'll finish with my cliche, but until we talk to you next time, go out and be Jesus to each other, love on one another, and um, take what you're learning here, take out and uh, show that to other people. So we will talk to you next Tuesday. Have a good one.